This is the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of November 22nd. My favorite week of the year, Kevin Kovac, behind the Prairie Dirt Classic week. I tweeted it last night. It's feast week. We got college hoops all week. We got college football games that matter. We got the game uh, on Saturday with Ohio State, Michigan. It's just a great time to be a sports fan. Uh, It's a great time to be thankful for everything we've seen in racing, which will go around the room later today. I'm your host, E-Swap, Derek Kessinger, joined by Kevin Kovac, Kyle McFadden, and Thomas Pope joins the party yet again on a great Thanksgiving week. Uh, Kevin Kovac, I think Chris Madden is thankful for another Blue Gray 100 title. It's what, ninth? (laughs) Ninth Blue Gray 100 championship. Obviously a huge crown jewel in our sport. He gets the job done there uh, at Cherokee, the place your mama warned about. Gets another win and kind of maybe gets some momentum going into next season, which I think we say that every year after the Blue Gray 100 for uh, Smokey. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Chris Madden, very thankful that Cherokee Speedway is in his backyard because uh, that's a that's a place that he almost owns. It seems like uh, all through his career, that's you know the home track. He can come back there and uh, make himself uh, make himself good. You know, no matter what's happening in his season and. He just has a knack for that blue gray 100 also. Uh, I, I mean, that's a racetrack that it start racing starts. They, they start that whole show in the afternoon uh, each November. And uh, the, the feature ends up being at night after they do some track work, but still it's taking a pounding and uh, during the after daytime racing. And, uh, and it's already uh, a Southern, you know, abrasive racetrack that's going to be hard on tires and, uh, it's, it's rare that anybody can make a hundred laps there without, uh, having, a having a flat tire. And, uh, Chris Madden, he knows how to save tire, uh, save tires in a race. I mean, he didn't change, uh, other guys in that race did, uh, and, and coming up through the pack and making moves, you know, and, and you'd think that they would be, have the advantage late in the race, but, uh, Madden just, he's so smooth. That's, that's the, that's the key to race in the, in a lot of those Southern racetracks like that. Uh, and, and, and he has that, it's how we grew up racing. And man, he, uh, every time we go to the, you see the blue gray 100, uh, it, it's, it's Chris, it's a Chris Madden benefit almost. And it was 20,000 to win this year too. Most it's ever paid. Well, I mean, it's a crown jewel. It's got to pay 20 K or more for the victor. Uh, yeah, he has, like I said, his ninth in 33 events, he's almost got a third of the championships, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he has a good Good ratio there at Cherokee. Um, I mean, I know Thomas has seen Chris Madden run plenty down there, down in the south, and uh, I think he'd agree that uh, that um, Chris Madden, uh, you know, he's he, anytime you go to Cherokee or or so many of those southern racetracks, he's gonna be tough to beat. Yeah, they're gonna change the name Thomas to uh, Madden Motor Speedway. They're gonna change the obviously Cherokee is probably one of the most famous, you know, dirt late model tracks just by name itself. Very famous place your mama warned about. They're going to change it, though, to Smoky Speedway, maybe, or, you know, Madden Motorsports Complex. You never know. It's not a bad idea, but uh, they probably want him to stay home and race there a little bit more often <laughs> if we're going to put his name on the thing. You know, it's, it's amazing they could change the layout of that place. And like Kevin mentioned, you know, you beat the track up all afternoon long and then change it up a little bit, and he's still just as good. But uh, So it, it, it doesn't matter which Cherokee you're talking about. He's just always had a knack for that place and knowing what it takes to get whatever chassis he's in set up to feel like he wants to because he's been in all of them, right? Um, 
in this, uh, you know, to, to go 100 laps at Cherokees, I'd write that right up there almost to the miraculous level. Like when Jimmy Owens went 100, 100 laps without a, without blowing a tire at Fayetteville when he won the Outlaws race here in 2017, I think, 2018, whatever the uh, first in flight 100 was. Um, you know, you, you get to – you get past halfway and you start thinking, okay, it's, it's May pop time. And <laughs> just one flat tire after another, it really just kills the life of a show to me, but track conditions are what they are. And he seems to be able to overcome them no matter what it is here at Cherokee and, and to get out front and, you know, lead the whole thing. I know there's a, there's a big deal to being able to set your own pace, but uh, at the same time, you got to make the right t- tire choice to start up front and then be able to manage it and still negotiate traffic without burning tires up. And uh, just a masterful job by the, the master in the class at that place and probably more experienced than anybody else who raced in that track. Oh yeah, definitely. Just his ninth, his fourth, the last five years, his third straight Kyle McFadden. He wins one of your famous, uh, your favorite event, the blue gray 100, but you know, he made that change about halfway through the year, maybe the summertime of going to Longhorn Chassis. Uh, got a couple wins, but wasn't, you know, like, you know, on top of the world dominate like we've seen Bobby Pierce and Ricky Thornton Jr. So maybe if he goes back home, gets a win there to end the season, he can have that confidence, you know, going back to Volusia next year or wherever he starts uh, Speed Weeks 2024. Yeah. Um, somebody had actually tweeted at me too. Speaking of the blue gray 100, uh, at his blue, <clears throat> blue gray 100 race day. And, uh, that is my favorite day of the year. So, um, people certainly listen to the show and won't let that one down probably. And I'm sure, you know, like Chris Madden, I had talked to him for after he won that national 100 and, uh, that was a very similar race to a hundred laps. He was worried, worried about tires started from the front row, but he had no issues at all. Um, looked calm as ever confident as ever. We all know like, he's not the most, I mean, yes. Like when you get him talking, Chris Madden, he, he's a personable guy, but he's not the most outgoing guy per se, I guess, like, um, in some interviews, but after he had won that national 100. Like I, I talked to him for 20 minutes. Like I did not expect that at all. Um, and that was kind of a sign to me that, that, that things were, things had started to really come together for him. And I could just feel, um, that, that he had, um, gotten back on the top of his game. And so, um, we're certainly seeing that. And like Zach Mitchell, like he ran second for that race for 80 some laps um you know gave chris madden not all he could handle but definitely kept him honest the whole race and uh he couldn't even make his tires last i think he had his right rear go down on lap 81 so uh but he said afterward that uh i don't think anybody thought that chris madden or anybody could make their uh same set of tires go for 100 laps but chris madden can and uh, it's it's really remarkable. And I guess that you know, that does speak volumes to the balance of this race car. I mean, you have to have a balanced race car uh, to be able to make that happen. And so um, can he carry this on over to 
Georgia Florida Speed Weeks. We're going to find out in about two months here. He's not the strongest down in Florida and Georgia, but if he can get off that good start, I think he's certainly a favorite for that outlaw title with Bobby Pierce too. So certainly some things to monitor here as we go off into the winter. No doubt about that. Congrats to Chris Madden on his ninth Blue Gray 100 title. Uh, another guy that can celebrate a little bit, I know he finished runner-up, Thomas Pope, was uh, Ben Watkins, who won his second Carolina Class Championship. And he's a guy that maybe outside that Carolinas might not know much about. He doesn't really travel a lot, but he makes some noise. And he's one of the toughest regional guys in that Carolina, especially that South Carolina, North Carolina area, where, you know, hey, when these guys come to town, we have a lot of special events where we can see Chris Madden, maybe Brandon Overton pop in. We're going to defend our home turf and, you know, to win another championship like that. I think we should give him a little uh, props here on this show because it's a guy that maybe nationally we don't know much about. Ben is a really nice guy. Uh, works a blue-collar job, you know, uh, at, at the school system down where he lives. And when he gets – when he gets a car that's even halfway right, he's going to be right in the middle of it wherever he is. I mean, he, you know, he's he doesn't follow. He hasn't followed Clash full time. I don't think like he he did at one point. It's, it's kind of been a little inconsistent on scheduling because his his two championships here are eight years apart in twenty fifteen and twenty three. But you know, the guys won at Lakeview and Gastonia and uh, several times at Fayetteville, including some I ninety five steel block races. Uh, Lancaster, you know, he's he's just good. Um, small guy and gets in there behind the steering wheel like that and you can't hardly see him, you know. But, man, to, to, to look at him and um, try to maybe, you know, thoughts of dismissing him because he didn't like the most intimidating guy. He's like, it's like the opposite of Rambo Franklin, you know. It's like Ben is like this big compared to Rambo, but that dude can get in a race car and, and make it work. And, he and he and Zach Mitchell and Ross Bales are three guys. I know Ross has gotten out a little more than the, than the other two, but man, when they show up at any of the tracks in the Carolinas and, and, and parts of Georgia, you better watch those couple of couple of three cars because they're liable to they can run with anybody. Um, you know, these tracks down here in our area in the Carolinas are are difficult to handle, especially the further east you go, like where I am over here in Fayetteville off I ninety five. It's it's clay, but it's a sandy clay, and it will eat tires alive. Uh, if you do not have the experience to know how to be fast and manage at the same time, which is that's a that's a difficult task, because you want to go, you want to go, you want to go real bad, but you better not. You know, it's kind of like the the guys used to talk about it, and NASCAR guys are talk about it. Darlington, they get on a new set of tires, and they feel like Superman for two laps, and then they're toast. And it's it's the same with dirt tires down here. And, uh, you know, Cherokee is a good three hours west of here. Uh, and, and all that dirt in between is a real challenge. But as he showed on, on Saturday at Lancaster, um, and that is how they say it down here. Uh, it, it looks like Lancaster, but it's Lancaster. Um, that is a big, fast half-mile track. And you get a tight little place like Lakeview or something like that. doesn't matter. Ben Watkins is fast. He's a really talented, really nice guy. And I wish circumstances were such that he could get out and, and show people in other parts of the country just how how capable he is he is of running with anybody. 
Yeah, that. I uh, apologize. I got it wrong. It wasn't back to back. He won in 2015. Was his first title in 2023, picking it up with three wins on the series. But Kovac, this is what we love about this sport: is when we travel to different parts of the country, especially when those national guys come in and they go into the home tracks of the regional local guys. You kind of uh, get excited for them when you know maybe like Josh Richards would go to like Friendship or go to other tracks and. And then those guys would defend it, or like around here when Jason Fager, Kevin Weaver, when they go up against like uh, Shane Clan, you're like, okay, this is our chance to shine. They got hundreds of laps on this. And then we have Ben Watkins, Cherokee. They have a lot of you know big time races throughout the year. And then of course uh, the World of Outlaws and Lucas Oil have gone to you know other tracks in the Carolinas. So when those guys come to their home track and they can defend it and like flex their muscles a little bit, that you know it's a feel good story. And that's one of the reasons that. You know, I think late model racing is special because you have different guys in different parts of the country that don't race against each other every single weekend like we do in NASCAR. So when you see a guy like Ben Watkins making some noise and they're on Dirt Vision or Flow Racing, people are like, damn, this guy's pretty impressive. Now they kind of know the guy. And I I, th- I just think that's one of the special things in Dirt Late Model Racing. Yeah, it's, uh, it, I, I know. Hey, Ben Watkins has won a World of Outlaws race. Back in uh, 2021, he won at Livonia. Uh, so he, he has defended his like home, right. uh, region, his home turf. So, uh, and that, and that was a great story when he won there. Uh, I'm sure he'd really love one at Lancaster and again, and Thomas, yeah, Lancaster. I know that because, uh, up here, I live in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So, and that's how we say it up here. Also, everyone comes up here and says Lancaster, but you know, it's Lancaster, New York. There's a racetrack there in asphalt. That's a, I worked up there way, way back there a long time ago. And, and that's how you say it up there. So Lancaster, but I, it's Watkins has won six straight races dating back to last year uh, at, at Lancaster there. And, uh, you know, in, including Saturday's uh, Palmetto State uh, 50 with the clash. So that's a, that's, he'd love to see a, a, an outlaw or a Lucas race at that place. Uh, he'd really be a favorite of, if uh if they did come in and, and take them on there uh, uh that local guy winning that local regional guy winning outlaw or outlaw any big race uh that has national guys in it that's that's part of the that's a great story all the time uh it, it doesn't happen i guess as much as as it used i think it happened a little more often maybe a decade ago it's gotten tougher and tougher for that guy maybe it used to be maybe one in ten times that guy would win now it's more like one in 20 or one in 30 times you'll see one of those local or, or regional guys knock off the, the the big names um that come in to try to beat them but it still happens and and you know it, it it wouldn't be as big of a deal if it didn't happen if it happened all the time uh so when it does uh it, it's uh it, it really gets everyone talking and gets a gets a lot of attention for a driver and and you know Watkins experienced that two years ago and and here he is uh you know, he, he's not a guy that goes to Eldora. He doesn't go to, um, you know, the North-South 100. He doesn't go to the Topless 100. He stays in that Carolinas and in, in the Georgia, maybe go up to like a Virginia Motor Speedway. So that's about as far north as he goes. Uh, so a lot of the Midwest people and Northeast people haven't really gotten a chance to see him, or even like the Gulf Coast people, I guess, too, uh, haven't gotten to see him race. But he he's a good racer, and uh, and he proved it, uh, you know, this past weekend. He nearly ended up with two wins. I mean, if it wouldn't been that for that damn Madden, uh, Watkins uh, could have ended up with uh, with a sweep of the weekend. Yeah, for sure. And you know, I see like when Bobby won a regional title, Fager won this year. It, it's, it means a big deal for him. So I'm sure Kyle McFadden, him winning that Carolina Class first time in eight years, like 
a $10,000 paycheck for a guy that doesn't travel much, as we mentioned. You know, it's still, it's still a big deal to these guys. I know that we like to pay attention a lot to the national series and for good reason, but with streaming and stuff like that, you can we can see the emotion of these drivers that maybe we wouldn't be able to see in normal circumstances just because we weren't, you know, we didn't have the assets available to us to watch. So I know Ben Watkins is very happy when he uh, got home Monday or woke up Monday morning with a championship. Absolutely. I mean, every every driver, we all know it, uh, who's now on the national stage and has ever reached the highest pinnacles of racing has been a regional driver before in some way, shape or form. You know, we talk about it all the time or we've talked about it from time to time on here. It's, um, you know, it, it, it really, you know, those regional tours, you know, they're the lifeblood of our sport, whether it's a guy like Ben Watkins, who uh, has found his place in the sport, you know, clearly now for the past a decade or so, uh, um, you know, to a guy like Spencer Hughes, who gave it a run on the Lucas Oil late, late model dirt series for the past uh, two years. And, and uh, now he's going back down to racing more on that regional level. And, and uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think like longevity in our sport, um, you know, uh, Scott Bloomquist told me this back at Charlotte at the world finals a few weeks ago. It's like, you see a lot of one-year wonders, two-year wonders, guys that come and go, but um, you know, it's the guys in our sport who, who know how to win in any era, any rule change, any uh, just, anytime, anywhere. And, and that can vary, obviously, depending on your region. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's a big deal there for Ben Watkins. And you know, he's a name that certainly I've known for a handful of years now, even me being up in, in my Northeast bubble um, for those many first 10 to 15 years of, of, of having knowledge of the sport. Um, you know, a guy like Ben Watkins has certainly um, um, I've known of him. So, and so, um, yeah, I mean, he has that credibility and everybody knows, um, that guys like him and our sport, you know, we need, we need, we need drivers like Ben Watkins in our sport, right. To, to, uh, to have the, the whole, um, just the whole health of the sport. And, but for him, yes, for him, it's a big deal. So, Congrats to him, and you know, glad we're giving him some airtime. Yeah, that's what I like to mention a bit. Uh, just saying, uh, with Ben Watkins and Kovac saying it's a lot harder, maybe for the you know regional guys to represent and uh, get that win when the national invaders come to town. But that's that's a good point there, Kyle. When you say like, hey, we need these guys in our sports because we need you know guys in that area. So when those guys do come to town for a national race they will be uh, represented there and we'll have a good car count. So good for Ben Watkins. Congratulations to Chris Madden uh, for uh, another Blue Gray 100, which I think they might change it to the McFadden Memorial here in the next few years because it's one of his favorite racetracks which, and races. But like I mentioned earlier, Thanksgiving week, uh, great week, feast week, uh, great food, big time football game tomorrow between my Packers and Kovacs beloved Lions. So, uh, you know, Lions got a big uh, sneaked a uh, big win over the Bears this past weekend, which I know Turn and Michael Rigsby were very upset at first, but then they realized 
oh, draft picks this, draft pick that. That's a loser organization mentality by those two all the time. But uh, So I'm just going to go around the room, and I want to ask, what are you thankful for this year in racing? It could be, you know, maybe you're thankful for a race, thankful for something that happened, thankful for, you know, somebody in the industry. It is a very open-ended question, so maybe somebody might have a couple. I have no idea, but Kevin Kovac, we're going to start off with you to get the ball rolling. I know you've been thinking about uh, something you're very thankful for on this nice Thanksgiving week, which is tomorrow. And don't say me because I know that's what people are thinking. Oh uh, yeah, everyone's thankful for D Suave being around. You know, they, I mean, who who wouldn't be right? Uh, especially when he goes to Wisconsin and uh, Pennsylvania. It seems like those are like places that D Suave. Everyone's thankful for having D Suave because he seems. Oh, like I love he's it. A, you know, he's a god up there, you know, I mean, they just love him or even Iowa. Right. I mean, Iowa, too. Right. So um, but I, I think one thing I'm thankful for that we have the two full fledged national series that run all season long, uh, you know, with the 40 to 50 to 60 races and Lucas Oil series and in World of Outlaws. Uh, um, you know, everyone, a lot of people always say like, oh, we only had one series. Everybody would run that series. I mean, that's not going to happen. I mean, you can't have. 24 superstar drivers on one series. Uh, it, there's I, even if you had enough money to make that kind of possible, like with some huge purse money available for, you know, just starting races, there's not enough wins to go around. I mean, drivers still want to win races and, you know, and, and, and they're the egos aren't going to be fed uh, if they're not winning. And I think that would even make people drop off. There'd be less people wanting to run a national tour if there were that many good guys on in every single race. So I'm thankful we have those two that gives everyone that gives, you know, more than a two dozen drivers a chance to go out there and, and race and not all together where they're they can spread this money around. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not, everyone's not going to, you know, be great. Everyone's not going to get the, you know, make so much money that it's uh it's all worthwhile, but it also has made possible for two guys uh, to make uh, well, actually three guys with Hudson O'Neill to make a million dollars in a season without having a million dollar race at Eldora. Uh, it's that's a pretty incredible statistic there. And um, just running regionally, it'd be really tough to do it. You know, just having one series probably wouldn't have three guys doing that too. Um, so you know, ha the, having Bobby Pierce, Ricky Thornton Jr. Uh, and Hudson O'Neill with that extra money, he was able to get over that hump too because of the extra money with the point fund with the big four deal with the Luke Soul series. So that pumped more money into that, gave him a $200,000 check for winning that. And uh, man, that's a, that's, a, that's a good season. That's something special that uh, that much money is around. You know, it, it, you could say, hey, spread it around too. And I know some guys say that, but man, it, it, it's pretty cool that if you excel, I mean, everything's supposed to be about performance. You know, you do good, you get rewarded. That's the, that's the American way, right? That's what everybody always says. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that those guys have been rewarded for being so good this year. And, um, you know, I, it, it's, you, it's nice to spread it around, but I know a lot of people in dirt track racing, uh, that if there weren't in dirt track racing, they would have the mentality that, Hey, uh, let the strong, uh, let the strong be rewarded for for doing so well, and those guys definitely have this year because of the national tours. 
Kovac. That's we're not going to get too much in detail. Sensitive subject for all, you know. <laughs> even everybody wants equal equality pay. Uh, I think a lot of people would be staring at you at the Thanksgiving table right now in the racing world. Be like, did he really? Just I don't say know. That I want to just say, stir it up a little bit, D Swab. Yes. I don't, you know. I mean, I that's, like it. That's, hey. that's a point. Well, that's what I mean. That's what I'm going to go off that. I'm thankful for uh, just like what you kind of off what you said. Like at the end of the day, I'm thankful for streaming. A not only do I work in it, but yeah, I'm going to be a little homer about it. But look at what the world of outlaws just announced this last week, adding one, you know, not adding, but $1.3 million in points fund, a 14% increase. You have the winner is going to make $175,000 plus up to $205,000, you know, with the winner's circle bonus. The guy in 13th is going to walk away with $55,000. So with the people saying that, oh, streaming this, streaming that, blah, blah, blah. Well, just look how much the purses have went up for Lucas Oil and other series the last, you know, three or four years. Look at 2019. Go do your math. The total number of how much money was total in racing in 2019 and how much total is in racing going into 2024. It's not even close. Uh, but I think streaming has a lot to do with that. Obviously, maybe at the end of the day, promoters are a little upset about it, some of them. But if you have a good product, people are going to come to the race. So it makes them you know, got to work harder and achieve that goal. But I think streaming has definitely been good. I'm thankful for that because I get to see guys like Ben Watkins uh, put on shows in the Carolinas, and then Ben Watkins can watch Jason Fager put on shows in the land of Lincoln and vice versa with the fans. And I think the more eyes are on this, uh, the more people are going to decide, hey, I might go to Cherokee this week, and that was a pretty good race. I want to go see Ben Watkins or, you know, a guy from South Carolina is like, I'm going to go to the Prairie Dirt Classic. Those things, guys are beating and banging, throwing sliders. Um Good for a sport. Uh, hopefully it continues that way. Prices can just maintain a little bit. And, yeah, I think streaming is definitely up the game. So I'm very thankful for that, not only because I work in it, but I think it just overall it's definitely helped the health of our sport. And if you want to argue with me, with me, you can tweet at me, and we can have a good old friendly uh, clash and uh, showdown on the, the on the, on Tweeple. So here we go. Uh, that's what I'm thankful for. Uh, Kyle McFadden, how about you? Yeah, I'll actually piggyback off of your yours both there, Derek, and then uh, Kevin too. Um, just the people in our sport, right? I think like when you think of the the two series that we have, um, you know, Steve and Amanda Francis on the Outlaw Tour, and then Rick and Ashley Schwally on the Lucas Oil series. Like everybody on both of those series, like they put their hearts into it, right? And so. I just think like everything that had happened, I mean, there were so many bumps in the road this year. Um, not like bumps in the road, but a lot of adverse situations um, that, you know, Rick Schwally had to run into this year on the Lucas Oil late, late model dirt series. And I don't think people really like understand what it takes to run a race series. Like I don't, I've never run a race series. I've been a head basketball coach before of 12 high school kids. Right. And that's nothing comparable to, to, to what the Schwalis and the Francis's have to do of uh, being good stewards of the racing series. So uh, just like really thankful that we have good people in our sport. And then on the streaming side of it too, I mean, like look at dirt track racing right now, it's never been better. Right. I think, and then you use that word, I use that word better in the sense of, of, um, promoting our sport. Our sport has never been in a better time 
when it comes to promoting our product. Um, and so comes comes down to the personalities, the the sponsors and the backers and uh, the creativity that we have um, as as content creators, right? And then so that too, uh, I'm just thankful for, honestly, everybody that works full time in our sport. Um, I mean, it, I don't think people on that, that same note understand the, the sacrifice, like even though it's our job, right? And we get paid to do this, there is a certain level of sacrifice that it takes. So being out on the road a lot, um, having the heart to invest in the sport and wanting to get to know people on a constant, regular basis. And, um, you know, you, it's, um, it takes, it can take a lot of energy out of you. And so, but that's like the beauty of it. Um, you're meeting, I mean, I've met a ton of people this year in the past two years, you know, since I've been on the job. And so it's, uh, the more that I get into it, the deeper I go in this, I understand it's, it's, it's all about the people and, and, um, and I don't, I don't really think fans now look like the negative fans and the ones who want to be skeptical are obviously louder than the ones who are appreciative, especially on social media. But like, I don't think fans really understand, especially in dirt late model racing, how good they have it. And so I mean, we've, uh, I mean, I think we do a fantastic job. I don't even think fantastic is the word to use. Um, I don't think that does justice to how good of a job we do in bringing our sport to the masses. So really thankful for that and thankful for, you know, guys like Thomas who have put in their time and, and, and then Kevin too, and all of us and who put in the time to, to really better the sport and to tell the stories that um, everybody needs to hear about. Good job, guys. You guys put on shows every single week. I love reading your guys' articles. I'm very thankful for that, that I can have my Monday morning readings. Uh, Thomas, what about what are you thankful for in the racing world? I'm going to give you a bigger overview answer to that, Derek. Um, as as y'all have been talking about this stuff, it made me think back. I, I'm, I'm thankful that the sports editor of the Federal Observer in 1977 looked at me one day and said, Hey, go out to the racetrack tomorrow night and, um, get a story. <laughs> and so that was my first exposure ever to any racers. And I interviewed Sam Hard that night. I've still got a copy of that story. And to fast forward all the way to this year, it's just amazing. The number of wonderful people that I've met that are involved in this sport and you know, we, we get typecast with this big, you know, redneck stigma kind of thing. And, you know, there's always some element of truth to any stereotype, but that's so far off the mark from who dirt racers are, uh, in, in terms of personalities and, and being just some great people. Like, you know, if you want, there's just tons of class people in this sport, like Mike Marler. I mean, if you can't like Mike Marler, you are screwed up. You need help. Um, but I, and so to sort of circle back to the actual, the original question, I'm grateful that this, that that one assignment led to me being hired full time a year later. And I spent 41 years doing that at the observer and meeting great people on the road, like Kevin Kovac. And, um, but, but to this day, 
also grateful to still be involved after 46 years, 41 years at the paper, um, to have stepped right out of that job and into a job writing for Speedway Illustrated and to continue to just talk to just really intelligent people that make your, you know, keep your mind sharp. They just make the wheels turn guys like, you know, Bob Pierce and talking to, to Bobby Pierce or, uh, you know, sprint car guys uh, I, for Speedway, I get to write about all kinds of stuff. So I'm interested in a Jade Avedizzi and in a, in a midget, you know, um, uh, thanks to streaming, I was watching the uh, dirt car race at Kankakee a year ago and saw a guy in a pro late model car who was involved in a three car spin on the back straightaway. Turns out he's a mayor of a little city in Illinois called Moments. And I thought, well, I'd make a neat little item in our heats section in the magazine. So I reached out. He says, well, that'd be cool, but there's a whole lot more to the story if you want to hear about it. The guy had a stroke during the middle of a race 17 years ago. And in the next 15 years, had 48 surgeries, three heart attacks. He's got kidney cancer, blah, blah, blah. Had his lip ripped off by his wife's dog, chopped his finger off in the shop and had it reattached, broke his hand, punching out a guy who insulted his daughter in the stands at Kankakee one night. Um, you know, Chuck, somebody like Chuck Steele is just an amazing story to tell. And just this year, um, you know, an email comes in and boss man sends it out and says, anybody want to tackle this? Well, yeah, I want to write a story about a kid who races in Wyoming, who's from Wyoming, races in Colorado, and was born without arms. He runs a beginner class out there, but he, and he's born with one leg, two, his left leg is two feet shorter than his right. His dad, he told his dad he wanted to go race. His dad built extensions off the gas and brake pedals so he can use that shorter left leg to operate those. He steers with the, with the sole of his foot. And, you know, the, People have always inspired me a hell of a lot more than the cars or the technology have. They're, they're what the sport actually is. It's not the cars. And to still be able, after all this time, to be able to tell those kind of stories and, and mostly about people involved in dirt racing is just absolutely fulfilling as a writer because you get this opportunity to meet and talk to people like that. And, you know, what makes that guy tick? How does a kid who doesn't have any arms compete on his high school swimming team? Well, he does because he's not scared. You know, those, the, the, the attitudes that you run across in racing and, and the, the innovative minds, like uh, I'll give you another, for instance, a, a, a drag racing guy like Shane Tecklenburg, he's a, he's a tuner and a thinker. Well, he doesn't just tune pro mod cars, you know, these supercharged cars that are run the eighth mile in, you know, 3.6 seconds to 210 miles an hour. He also tuned on a Bonneville salt flat speed liner to set a, a, a world record in his class with a 70 something year old guy from Tennessee driving it, you know? So that, that's what I'm thankful for is the benefit to be able to tap into people like that who constantly blow my mind and make me um, very appreciative of the life I've had in no small measure because I was able to get my foot in the door in racing with one assignment on a Friday night at, at then Cumberland International Speedway at a NASCAR sanctioned asphalt track where Sam Ard was there all by himself, no crew, no nothing, and was such a wonderful person to me. So I'm thankful for racing period. And now, especially Derek, <laughs> streaming so I can watch people every night all over the place or else I'd never see yeah. Farmer City and Macon and, you know, places like that. Uh, Jackson, Minnesota and, and Brandon, South Dakota, wherever they are, I feel like I'm right in the middle of it, thanks to streaming and, and thank goodness for, for flow racing and 
some other people to do that that I won't name here. Yeah, that's a uh, that's that's a great great answer. Nineteen seventy seven. That's that's crazy. That you're like coming up on fifty years of you could yeah you got to make it to the fifty year mark. You know, I hope that, so. Uh, you know, yeah, get those riding, get those stories in for another couple of years to make that 50 milestone. But that's great how you got involved. And just that's why we're all in it, too, is just the stories and the people we meet when we travel up and down the road and all parts of the country. Uh, we have definitely a lot of things to be thankful for on this uh, Thanksgiving week 2023 as we head into December next week. Uh, Kevin Kovac, uh, I think it's time for one more thing. Uh, big news you're going to mention about the World of Outlaws with their schedule, a couple of nice racetracks that they're going to in my neck of the woods for the, for, uh, in August and a lot of new additions and especially kind of a shocking one. Uh, they get a race back on their schedule up there in uh, Minnesota. Yeah. That was the one that really uh, surprised me The the gopher 50 at, at deer Creek speedway in Minnesota, uh, July 4th through 6th. That's back on the world of outlaws, uh, uh, schedule after being with, uh, you know, last couple of years, it's been uh, and also when it expanded to a three day event and 50,000 to win, it's been with the Lucas Oil Series. And uh, it's it always it had been with the Outlaws from 2005 to 2019. I mean, Outlaws had a long run uh, at, at Deer Creek. That was the national tour that that uh, that ran at Deer Creek, which is one of the I man. it's an awesome racetrack. Uh, the, you know, everyone talks about the track prep there and, and just the way everything is run. It's really classy. I mean, they give a, 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 a they do a luncheon for that Gopher 50 for all the teams and in, in the pits there, uh, you know, on that Saturday afternoon. It's just, it's just they really treat everyone really well there and um, they really run a great show. And the World Outlaws got to be thrilled to be back, uh, you, know, uh, you know, a part of the Gopher 50 and, and to have it be a 50,000 to win race, too. I mean, the last time they did the Gopher, it, it, was, it didn't pay that much. It, it's, it was more of a, you know, like a, 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 regular, a regular show, but just with a big name to it, a big uh, well that's uh, been around forever, too. It used to run at uh, other tracks, too. Uh, used to be part of the Dirt Star Summer Nationals way back, too. Yeah, uh, that's a big one, but a lot of different tracks on that schedule too. I mean, there's like, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a series that it's 54 races, 33 tracks. And, um, you know, and they, and they switched a couple around to 35,000 to win like the Talladega race. It was 50,000 to win, but now it's going to be th- uh, the Talladega short track race in April, 35,000 to win 3000 to start spread the money around a little bit better to everyone. Uh, and, and just, it's a pretty good, it's a, it's a neat schedule. I, I like having one here, some Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania swing in May, Pat Valley Speedway, uh, a little quarter mile, uh, you know, about two hours from me here in central Pennsylvania towards Western part of it, I guess. Uh, it, it, at, that should be a really entertaining race. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, and, and, and a lot of the racetracks are kind of in this Bobby Pierce wheelhouse too, I think new racetracks, but I think a lot of them are going to be, uh, really what he likes to to see uh you know like a lot wants to race on so i'm a it's a it's a nice uh fresh kind of schedule with so much uh newness to it uh that the tra- races that where the outlaws haven't been uh if not ever or n- definitely not recently it'll be uh it'll be a good schedule it's good 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 season for the outlaws it looks like can we get covert a w at uh path valley <laughs> 
How about that? How about if that would happen? Jason Covert, he has to keep racing so he can race the World of Outlaw race. He talks about, ah, I might be done sometime soon, you know. Well, he can't retire yet if he's going to have a World of Outlaw race in his backyard. I mean, that's the tra- one of the tracks that, that was uh, he started out racing at. So, oh, man, what a party that would be if Covert won, man. Like, uh, I, gotta, I, yeah. I haven't even texted him about that yet. I got to say yeah. something to him. Are you ready for Pass Valley? He's got to survive. It's only six months into the year. He can retire June 20th when it's over after the 19th. Yeah. You just get that one last yeah, that That's not board. I'm, put, I'm not putting him in the retirement thing here, but he has said, okay. he goes, you know, eventually he want, you know, he, he's closer to retiring than he is uh, anything else. But uh, I don't think he's going anywhere. I think definitely that has him fired up seeing that on the schedule. Yeah, and I'm also fired up with uh, Highland and Spoon River before they go back up to Iowa for a two-day show. Highland and Spoon, uh, one of my favorite tracks uh, in Illinois. and It'll be kind of cool seeing the national guys. Like, I'm trying to figure out what Chris Madden's going to think of Highland Speedway uh, when he goes on that track for the first time, a little paperclip, elbows-up type racetrack. That'll be, that'll be very interesting to see how he uh, reacts to seeing that place for the first time. But they deserve it. They get a lot of fans there for their – their Hell Tour race, so let's see if they can get a lot of fans there for the National World of Outlaw race. Kyle McFadden, what is your one more thing? Yeah, so last Wednesday, um, the McGee brothers, Jacob and Tyler McGee from Kansas, are launching. They announced uh, a new 15 to 20 race super late model tour serving in Kansas and Oklahoma. And so this is going to be different than the Sooner Series, which primarily – uh, has limiteds and crates um, in their division, and so, but 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 this series that Jacob and Tyler McGee are starting, uh, going to serve the super late models in that uh, their region, and so just like a little bit of background on them, their family has owned uh, Caney Valley Speedway since uh, the '80s, and uh, Jacob's a super late model racer himself, and then. Uh, Tyler McGee, he's been a, a dirt car summer nationals intern before too. So uh, sounds like they have the credibility and the resources there to uh, get that tour off the ground. Uh, they don't have a schedule set in stone yet, but uh, I'm sure when they have that all tied up, we'll have it on the website on Dirt on Dirt. So, Yeah, good to see uh, an area where it's not known for super late model racing here, at least in the last few years, uh, getting it back up on their feet and Wish them the best of luck against Supers. Thomas, what about you for one more thing? I think I'm going to go back to the outlaw schedule. Um, it's it's really interesting that I think you can take a look at that thing and there's about a nine-day section in there that could make or break somebody's season in terms of their desire to get that championship because you'll go from a Friday night at Junction City, Kentucky over to Brownstown, Indiana, then back-to-back nights on a Monday, Tuesday at Independence in Webster City, Iowa. Uh, then up into Minnesota, over to North Dakota, back into Minnesota. Somebody's going to be war slam out by the time that thing's over. And if, if you think your program is the cream of the crop, you're going to find out whether it really is or not, depending on how you survive those nine nights. And then try to reassemble what you've got left after getting the crap beat out of your car for nine or seven nights. Uh, before you go for the 50,000 there at Spring Valley. Um, so that that late June run for the Outlaws is going to be very telltale, I think. And I'm the furthest thing from Nostradamus, but I'd definitely keep an eye on the, that that 
nine day span there because that's not much of a break, you know, seven days. That's almost like a miniature hell tour, but for a whole lot more money. Um, but that, that is, that's a, that's a challenge. Seven races and nine nights for those guys. And to just constantly be doing this. They're going to wear out some truck stops buying diesel, <laughs> buying grease burgers and things like that to try to survive on until they can sit, have the find the time to sit down and eat a decent meal. I don't know if I'd want to yeah. be inside one of those haulers after all those guys have sweated for nine nights. Oh yeah. They, uh, they got those scents and smell good. So make sure it, you know, it keeps at least bearable for those nine nights. Uh, if they need any suggestions for truck stops or restaurants along the way in that Spain, I, I know my area is pretty good. That's close to summer national territory. So I can give them some uh, good locations. Uh, yeah. Well, I think models, they smart, they'd stock up on little trees before they left. Yes, they need a lot of those too. Yes. Maybe a couple in the bathroom. And All the way down, they find front good... and back in the hauler and in the motorhome. <laughs> yes, they got to find some good spots to drop off their uh, excess waste uh, every so often too. Uh, but you know, it's a good time for the World of Outlaws. They made their announcements last uh, week. Uh, I'm sure Lucas Oil they'll be making some big time announcements as well. Very interesting to see what they have up their sleeve going into 2024. Uh, my one more thing is. Uh, Obviously, if you've been around DirtOnDirt.com, uh, we are always, when we opened up, we always had our little uh, tent, uh, booth, always next to the Jimmy Owens trailer. Uh, Mike Hayes, he's been running that thing for a long time. Well, his son, you know, he's always with him at the racetrack growing up, uh, always saying hi to us, always got a camera in his hand last couple of years because he wants to, you know, do something in racing. But he's in high school now. Yes, he's a junior in high school. Uh, but apparently he's this big stud basketball star. He's always trying to want to play me one-on-one, say he can outshoot me, I can dunk. Uh, but he just got his 1,000th 1, 1, career point as a junior uh, so at the beginning of the season. So I want to just give Kyler a big shout-out. Uh, it's crazy how much he's grown. I just remember him when he was a little kid running around that T-shirt trailer with his dad, Mike, going, Mike, going up the road. Uh, watching Jimmy Owens wins, being in victory lane, hanging out. Can't believe he's in high school. I think he could have a stash when he was like 12 years old, Kovac. But uh, he's a pretty good basketball star. A thousand career points. He he has a chance to get two thousand if he gets his scoring average up by the time he graduates. Like that's pretty impressive. I know it's Tennessee; they're not known for basketball, but nonetheless, uh, he's gotten a pretty good pretty good uh, ability to make some shots, and he made his one thousandth career point yesterday. So. But that was pretty cool, a kid that we just seen growing up at the racetrack. We always say, like, we've seen Bobby Pierce and Brandon Shepard grow up. We really, really have literally seen Kyler Hayes grow up, who was a junior down there in uh, Tennessee. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I think we uh, – I think I want to make that matchup. I want to see that one-on-one, Kyler and DeSuave. Uh, I, I, we, we need to, you know, broadcast that as a pre-race show sometime uh, I don't know. I I I I want, I want to just see Derek have to go up against him. I'll see if, see if he can. Uh, I beat him at the you know those young legs. Young, young legs. I, I mean, beat him at the like show me in like 2019. So I beat him in 2019. He wasn't fully full grown puberty. I don't think yet, but I think he has a damn good shot. He might dunk over me, but I might have to give him a hard uh, foul so that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to body him. You're gonna have to do the dad uh, the dad play there. You know, a little bit, a little body him up a little bit. Yeah, I think Get I had a thousand time. career fouls in two years of JV basketball. Oh, hey, yeah, oh, so there you go. That's perfect. <laughs> what do you got, Kyle? Get the game set, and I'll officiate for you. How about that? There we <laughs> go, right, Kyle. All right, Kyle, Kyle can coach Hayes. too. I'll coach both of you. 
No, yes. no calls there, Suave. I'm gonna <laughs> call a tough game for you there. Okay. That, that's perfect. You know, I'm more of that uh, '90s, you know, tough mentality, hard foul era. Bad boy. Uh, bad boy. Bad boy area. Yeah. So like this now, they like, get about smooth and three point shots. We can still get gritty a little bit, but no, just want to give him a shout out. He's a huge fan. Uh, he's always asking me questions and tips and pointers on how to run the camera and what he needs to do because he wants to be in racing uh, later on. But uh, congrats to Kyler Hayes, a uh, big basketball star there down in the Newport, Tennessee area. Uh, well, guys. Great show as always. Congrats to Chris Madden and Ben Watkins on great weekends this past weekend in the Carolinas. Uh, enjoy your big festivities this weekend. Call back. Don't get too nervous when those Panthers come in, uh, you know, Detroit and get that W. But hopefully, we have a little bit better showing than we did in Lambeau back in September. But nonetheless, we got plenty of actions. And next week, starting Monday, the best of start with drivers starting at number five on Monday, and we're going to release a driver every single day all the way until Monday or all the way until Friday. So it'll be very interested to see on Thursday morning when people wake up who will be the top spot for the 2023 DirtOnDirt.com Driver of the Year. Until next time, I'm Derek Kessinger. This is the Dirt Reporters. Thank you for watching.